1: And if you'll notice, I'm sitting here in the darkness, draped in blackness because the Bears once again went out there lost on primetime to the Green Bay Packers. Kyle Brandt said it best this week when he's like, can we stop? Like, it's bad enough that the Bears and Packers have to play on primetime every season, but it's always in Green Bay. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, I remember a couple of Thanksgivings ago when Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler, who's been retired for like 20 years, That was so long ago, but I think it's time to move on. And you know damn well that when Justin Fields is dominating this matchup over Jordan Love, it'll never be a primetime game. It'll never be in Soldier Field, and it's just going to be ignored. They'll put it in the the noon window forever once the Bears once again come back up on top, which probably is going to happen at some point. I know a lot of you are despondent as me sitting here in the darkness, but listen. There's some cool things to be talking about. Listen, not everything was great, but listen, there are some nice things to talk about. We'll all break it down, and uh, let's just start the show. Turn, turn, up, your turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to the Sick, Sick the Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields
0: making magic happen
1: the ticket chicago bears and fantasy football podcast brought to you by underdog fantasy and air pura sports entertainment like no other It's gonna be sick it's tuesday night you know what that means it is time for take it to the rank and we're gonna be walking in our co-host right now carmen vitali who is on the ground At Lambeau Field, her first time ever covering the Bears and Packers at Lambeau Field. Outside of the ultimate, you know, the decision, the outcome, what was that experience like?
0: Uh, It was really neat. I had a moment, for sure, because that was obviously a rivalry that I grew up watching and hold a certain reverence for. And I've been to Lambeau Field a couple of times, but it was always as a member of the, of the Buccaneers, and that's not exactly the same. So kind of coming in and seeing all the Bears fans and the Packer fans and everybody around and uh, the pageantry of Sunday Night Football on top of that um, was really cool. It was awesome. Although I talked about this with our good friend Kay Adams after yeah. the game, I did not get the cheese curds. I was promised at halftime. Oh. And I'm really upset. Yeah, my first time to Lambeau as a member of the Bucks. There were cheese curds in the press box. I was like, this is amazing. This is the most Wisconsin thing ever. This makes sense. I feel at home. This is great. Uh, last time I was there for the NFC Championship game, they didn't have it, but it was COVID. So I was like, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But then this time they're like, no, 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 they're back. Like, I guess preseason, people that had told me like, no, they're back. They're, they're back. Gonna back. They're going to be back. I'm, I'm excited about this. And instead, there was like a BLT chip and dip situation. Oh, and I'm like, this—it's this very Midwest. A chip and dip situation is a very Midwestern thing, but it's not cheese curds. And That's... I was—I was—I was despondent.
1: I don't know. I, I feel like I feel let down. Although I can expect <laughs> it—it's the Packers. I wouldn't expect them to be a high-class organization. But I will tell you, when you go to SoFi Stadium and you go, I haven't been for—I haven't been in the press box for a Rams game. But I know the Chargers. Oh, they put out a spread. So it is Rams. a pretty. Oh, okay. It's a nice setup. So I was they, very They have impressive. the candy.
0: The candy yes. is like my jam. Oh they my God. movie I, theater candy. <laughs> yes.
1: Like what? I took a box of Sour Patch Kids home for my kids.
0: Oh yeah. I that took, happened. I took multiple like think boxes of Skittles back for like the flight back. I was like, Ugh. especially because the Bucks lost that game uh, in the regular oh. season last year. And so I was like, well, the real friends we made were the candy boxes along the way.
1: So. Yeah. That is, that is a, a high class thing. And I think that it's uh it's pretty nice, but of course, you know, we're talking about the game and I guess we have to address this at some point, you know, the opening series, yeah. very encouraging. What went wrong up until halftime? Like what, 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 what's the deal? What, what, what's going on? How much should we be panicking about this bears team?
0: Well, I don't think the bears are as good as they were in the second half against the 49ers. And I don't think that they are as bad as they were in the second half against the Packers. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle We saw the capability in that first drive, but, of course, like first drives are scripted. They knew that they were running all of those plays before they ran them. And also, even though Lafleur told us this afterwards, after the game, uh, for the first couple series, the Packers were having headset issues. He's like, that's not an excuse. I'm not trying to make it sound like an excuse. But then Aaron Rodgers got on – the Pat McAfee show today. And he said the yeah. same thing. And he was like, there was absolutely no communication. That's why they called that first time out. Cause they had to just reset and kind of talk about it because they couldn't hear each other in the headsets. So um, there was a lot of miscommunication that happened with the Packers as well. That flea flicker in particular, LaFleur uh, called out. But that being said, I mean, I was kind of nervous after that first drive and you pulled out a trick play that early. I love trick plays. I love flea yeah. flickers. I think there's a time and place for them. Uh, it's not a sustainable offense. Essentially Um, they got, I mean, David Montgomery looked great too in the very beginning. And then they just kind of didn't utilize him in the second quarter as much. Uh, I don't know how much of that was because of what the Packers were doing. And then, you know, he came back alive in the second half along with Khalil Herbert. Um, But uh, they're still definitely trying to figure out their offensive identity. And I get it. And that's kind of what I feel like went a little bit awry for the bears is when they had a plan that first series that's scripted, all right, everything's under control. But then when you have to start making adjustments for what Green Bay is doing and the defense is doing and all that kind of stuff, then then that's when chaos ensues.
1: Yeah. Well, no, and that's understandable. I also would point out to people that anybody who's freaking out and wants to give up on Justin Fields already and everything like that, I want you to take a look at what's going on in Denver. And Russell Wilson, through the first two games of the season – has not looked great. Similarly, he is learning a Shanahan offense, learning from Nathaniel Hackett, who of course came from the Packers organization along with Luke Getze. It it takes time to learn these things. And so like when Russell Wilson's out there struggling with a quick passing offense, trying to throw in rhythm, trying to make those adjustments, like it's understandable that Justin Fields might take a little bit of time too. And let's also remember the two teams the Bears have opened with were one of the participants in last year's NFC championship game and the number one seed from last season. So we can just kind of calm down just a little bit. Like they knew need to go out there and fix some things. And I know that Justin needs to start trusting himself, but I'm so tired of reading or just living in a world where everybody's so instantly critical, like same old. I'm like, it's been two, it's been two weeks. I mean, it's, it's far too early to, uh, to panic
0: parody is alive and well in the NFL. It always is. And yeah, I mean, after two weeks, it's like everybody in the NFC North, first of all, is one and one which is, I think is yeah, highest. that's awesome. Um, but I will say, I mean, I do think the bears need to trust Justin Fields a little bit more too. I mean, he only had 70 passing yards because he only had 11 passing attempts. He had four passing yeah. attempts in the second quarter, in the second half at all, like period. And I like that they stuck with what was working, and I think that teams do abandon the run a little bit quicker than they should because it's such a passing league. They feel like they have to make up and kind of chase the score a little bit. Um, So I actually appreciated that they were sticking with the ground game because that's clearly the strength of this team. But especially, you know, you need to figure out what you have in Justin Fields and what he can handle. And you're not going to do that if you're giving him 11 passing attempts per game. Like he's not – he needs to – he's going to take his lumps and you might lose some games that way, but I'm okay with losing those games if I'm the Bears, if it makes me – if if I'm evaluating my quarterback a little bit more. So – because no one is expecting the Bears essentially to contend this year. So take advantage of that and make sure that you are evaluating every single part of this offense. You know where the holes are so that come next year, we have all this draft capital and you have all this – cap space you can put together a team and fill in the holes because you know exactly where they are so that was my that, like that was kind of i was resting with myself of like all right i get it the run's working you know the run works though you know david yeah. montgomery is a great uh, and i know that's not good for fantasy uh you want oh. <laughs> you want david montgomery to get all the touches he can but i need to see more from justin fields whether or not it's good essentially
1: no i understand what you're saying right there and by the way since you mentioned fantasy Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up using the promo code SICK and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. They've got a variety of different ways and a variety of different fantasy things that are all super cool. So again, if you're sitting there, if you've drafted a team that had CD Lamb and Kyle Pitts, and a bunch of these disappointing players and you're like I want to start over. But maybe you want to go to underdog fantasy. Check out the app, download it and of course use that promo code sick just to find out what everybody's talking about because I know that you spend time on Twitter and you see those underdog ads and you're like I want to check this out. I implore you to do so. So it was and it was kind of disappointing too because they ran the ball so well. And I think a big part of it was the Packers were going a lot of nickel in the second half. Yeah, Uh, as the Bears were going out in 12 personnel and I think the Bears just took advantage of it So I kind of take away that Getzis playing the matchup, which I kind of like
0: Yeah, and I mean, and that was the thing I think that they very much the Packers very much thought that the Bears were going to chase the score a little bit They were going to try and get some more passing attempts in there and they left those intermediate portions of the field kind of open with more guys in coverage um, And it allowed David Montgomery to, you know, get through the line and I thought the line Listen, there's still question marks here Um, they were still rotating guys in and out. Uh, that's the other thing too, which a, you know, they need
1: to maybe stop that.
0: I got yelled at by somebody on, on, on our YouTube channel for like, they were like, Oh, Carmen, let the coaches make that decision. No, I don't care.
1: (laughs) I don't care. You were, you were the, you were, you're the trench girl. I am sounds terrible by the way. We need to find a new nickname, but
0: yeah, it's fine. It's (laughs) fine. I'm, I'm there. Um, no, I, (laughs) But like that's the thing. Like, no, I don't want you rotating offensive linemen out. I get that you need to evaluate these guys. And Lucas Patrick yeah. missed that time with with the injury and all that kind of stuff. But like, sorry, you've run out of time, and you need to get these guys comfortable with each other, and then you need to get Justin Fields comfortable with them, and knowing these guys' strengths and weaknesses and where he can take shots and how he can be aggressive and how much they can be aggressive with him, and all that other stuff. Uh, you need to build that relationship. Uh, a lot more, and that only comes with continuity. That is the hallmark of the offensive line is continuity. So don't yell at me. I, I don't, don't want, want a rotation. A <laughs> I don't want a rotation.
1: No, I. You know what? And I think that we've seen enough now. Like Kevin Jenkins, probably yeah. the best offensive lineman on the yeah. team,
0: far and you know away. Well, I mean, you got you got Cody White here. Let's let's pump the brakes a nope, little bit because I'm Cody not White the is solid, nope,
1: I'm, I'm driving through, and he always all has right, been. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, I stand corrected. Of the new players, uh, we'll throw Mustafer in there at center because we need Lucas Patrick to come back and play center as quickly as possible. I do not need to see Aaron Nagler showing that video of Mustafer getting tossed. Like, we get it, Aaron. Like, go do your thing. And Grossi and all these guys. But Tevin Jenkins just looks like a beast, and I don't want to mess with moving him to the outside. I think that we have a right guard for life. Keep him there. We found his position. We're solid. It's good to have a good right guard. Like that's not, that's not an insignificant position. We found it. We nailed it. Done and done. We're good to go.
0: And especially when you feel like Lucas Patrick comes back, you've got a veteran at center, you've got Cody white here on the other side of that. So like you have a really solid interior and those are the guys that need to react the quickest um, because, and, and they're the ones that are going up against, you know, these big kind of interior defensive tackles and linemen and stuff like that. Cause that's, and a lot with all these teams kind of bringing into these delayed blitzes and these linebackers that are blitzing the A gap and stuff like that. I mean, you need that interior to be super solid these days, and because uh, that's the quickest way to the quarterback. So I feel good about that. I feel good about Tevin Jenkins. I feel good about Lucas Patrick at center once they his hand comes along. What do they um, feel
1: like? When do they think he's going to be able to play center?
0: I I don't know. I mean, like I don't know how bad. Like Iberflus is very tight lipped about injuries yeah so you I feel like you just he downplays them a little bit but I mean it's not insignificant when you have an injury to your snapping hand right um that just invites mistakes and that invites just completely you know complete chaos I guess that's my word of the evening tonight is chaos but um yeah like I mean there's you're you're leaving the door open for a lot of errors if your hand is not gripping that ball exactly how you're used to uh because that is a very nuanced technique and then especially not only that but like centers have it really hard because they have to snap the ball and then immediately get their hands up because they have guys coming at them immediately mm-hmm. um and it's it's really hard it, it just is and you need your hands and you need your hands at 100 percent. so um yeah we'll we'll see i don't know i i have we'll we'll get our first injury report of but the bears don't really let anybody watch the team part of practice so no one yes. really that's the only thing. Right. So you don't know how many reps he's getting at center. That's the other thing though, and as long as I'm on this tangent, he Please. needs to build that rapport with Justin Fields too. The center quarterback uh, relationship is so crucial and you need to understand who's making the checks, who's doing this, who's doing that. You have that rhythm down, uh, how someone likes the ball snapped. How would it, mm-hmm. you know, how, you know, what if you want the laces out, if you want the laces in, like all these little things that you just don't think about um, that can only come with getting reps with your quarterback and the communication most most crucially. So that's going to take some time because uh, he hasn't had that with Justin Fields at all.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, we we want him to get back, but yeah, there is so much that goes into it. And again, I think everybody whoever plays Madden just feels like it's so easy to be like, no, just put him in when he's ready to get. But you know, it'll take a little bit of time. But I think the offensive line is going to look much different. When Lucas Patrick is in there and we don't have the rotation cause we don't need, I don't need to see that anymore. We know, we know how that looks. We know how good these guys are. So let's give it a chance. Uh, I do have to ask you though. And I, it, it's sickening to go over, but the play, what were your thoughts? Fourth and goal. They go into the shotgun. Now I, again, I try to be as fair as possible. The shotgun is not my favorite thing. Why do they do? Why, why didn't they go? We, we've got a fullback. What what are we doing? What what happened there?
0: That's the thing. I'm like, if you're if you're gonna run that out of the shotgun, you better use your fullback, or you better use you better bring in an extra lineman, or hell, like the the Bucks have done it with Vita Vea, like plowing the way. Those year that was years ago now, but mm-hmm. um, bringing in like a defensive tackle to, to open up those lanes, especially yeah, I I we all kind of looked at it in the press box. I will say this for the Packers, I need to give them credit here because. Uh, they put me in the side of the press box that's closest to the 50-yard line, mm-hmm. which is a really, really great view. Um, so I was really – that was really unexpected. And I was – you know, the Bears media is kind of down further in one of the ends, zones. Right. <laughs> um, but being the NFC North writer in uh, Considered National, I guess they, they moved me a little bit further over. And that was – I much appreciated. So I got a really good view of everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everyone in the press box kind of looking at each other like, are they in the shotgun right now at fourth and go, inches geez. on the goal line? Why is that happening? I don't see anybody like in front of Justin Fields. That's going to like plow their way through. Um, I will say he's probably more comfortable in the shotgun because most quarterbacks are a little bit more like, especially young ones are more comfortable in the shotgun because you, this, the college game. Now you're not going under center that all, all that often. Some of these quarterbacks have never really gone under on. Go linemen have never been in a huddle like this is this is what's happening in the college game and so especially with these young guys like shotgun is is a way to kind of make them feel a little bit more comfortable that all being said I don't see an excuse for it at fourth and inches like there's no being comfortable at the goal line when you need a touchdown and you have this you know the, the momentum shift of it going your way um that was really disappointing and you know I mean hey credit the Packers for getting there man well, like
1: credit the officials for not looking for not- at the replay with their no, eyes.
0: that was the that was the thing too, and I said it. I tweeted it immediately. I was like, "There's not going to be enough evidence to overturn this. The call on the field was that he was that- short. I think the, whatever call was on the field would have stood. So, like, if they called it a touchdown on the field, it would have it would have been a touchdown. Yeah. If they but they didn't, and there's just with, like even though NBC does the thing where like they pull it in, you can see it pretty clearly and that Justin gets across the line, like that's not irrefutable evidence that's not like going into a court of law and giving oh leaving no doubt. Like you just you just can't get that. So unfortunately, that's why they use then, the language the call stands, not the call is you know confirmed. They'll, they'll right. if they know for sure, they'll call, they'll say the call's confirmed. Calls,
1: calls confirmed, yeah. They're not confirming anything. And yeah. of course, the Bears are not getting that call in Lambeau Field. Justin no. Fields could have been five yards into the end zone. They would have been like, Let's go take a look, like, let's make sure. Um, although they did give them that one that was sort of close. Like, I mean, you talk about it, there's so many different things that if Justin Fields and it's not necessarily the fourth down one. I will contend that when you're a quarterback and this comes from my very limited experience is like you like being able to see everything and I wish Justin would have seen the hole on the right which I feel just comes with experience. Like it's almost sometimes easier to be back there to be like do I want to leap? Do I want to drive? What's going to happen? If we have a better center, perhaps that's that's taken care of. But my and but I'm, I I think for future reference Follow Tevin Jenkins. I think he's going to end up clearing out some dudes, but a lot of it, you're just looking at it and you're like, okay, like I know I'm wish casting a lot of this and I'm looking at it, you know, with the, uh, with the bears bears tinted glasses, but you're like, God, if they score right there, like, I think that game's a lot different. I think that Matt Eber you know, and this last time he faced Aaron Rodgers as defensive coordinator of the Colts, he held them to three points, held them to three points in the second and a half there. I, I I think we're talking the conversation's different. Then then Justin has two rushing touchdowns and despite not throwing the ball a lot, two rushing touchdowns he hasn't he doesn't force an interception later. So to me, I don't know, there's a lot of things, but again, a lot of it is going to have a lot of it's going to be determined by what goes on this week. And by the way, for anybody in Southern California specifically, Huntington Beach, but we're we're talking all Orange County, Long Beach, the IE, Culver City, I don't care where you are. We're going to be watching the Bears game Sunday morning at Rip Beer Company. That's the location on PCH. There's two of them in Huntington Beach. We're going to be at the PCH location. I will be uh, doing a fantasy hit there in the morning. So if you want to come die, we have the Sunday ticket, but we're going to take it over as a Bears bar. The Bears bars in Huntington Beach, Gallagher's, Cruisers, both those places are gone, or Cruisers is the 49ers bar. So we're going to come take this place over. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be welcoming while we'll the sound on and all that stuff. Let's talk about Houston. I think this is the first opportunity where if things don't look good against Houston, then we can start being concerned. But now it's like that eh, we're kind of facing a team that's equal to the Bears. Correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what all of the uh, power is that you're going to hear.
1: Yeah. Like what is wrong? Are the, are the Texans better than us, too?
0: No, no, I was going the opposite way. Oh, like, I got have you. a little bit more faith in the Bears than I do in the Texans. Um, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, no, come on. All right. Um, my my objectivity knows so, – there's some limits to my objectivity, okay? okay. okay? Uh, I will root for everybody north. How's that? Yeah. But, um, no, I mean – yeah like you're you're right that's then it's kind of time to panic when you have that i don't have a lot of faith in in houston plus you know it's 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 a home game and hopefully it won't be torrentially downpouring and bears fans can enjoy it and get into the game a little bit more uh but let me I listen davis mills doesn't look bad though either no no and he's been, he's been
1: good.
0: uh yeah i i would i would put it i mean i guess outside of trevor lawrence like he might be playing the best in his division at this point (laughs) although that's not saying much
1: playing better than matt ryan for sure playing better than
0: matt ryan that's where i was going with that um and yeah i don't know what the (laughs) titans are doing at this point sorry to our producers sorry to sammy sorry to anello
1: (laughs) yeah i feel bad for them Um, i i try to keep them in good spirits but i'm like no your team your team's in trouble we did have chris johnson on nfl fantasy live today he assured me they're going to be ready against the raiders and doing my picks this week, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm picking the Raiders to beat the Titans because I don't have a lot of faith in either one of those teams right now. But yeah, I think going against the Texans, it should be uh, it should be a lot better. By the way, I do want to clear the air for a second, and I've been talking about my air pura air purifier and how great it has been for myself and my kids. You know what? They're a, they're an official sponsor now. They listen. They said, "Listen, we're going to be a new sponsor of the show. Thank you so much for enjoying our product." And I really do, you know, because the kids are back in school. That means COVID cases are on the rise. It's Southern California. There's wildfires everywhere. There's carb. There's pollution. Everybody's driving the 405 again. So I got to protect my family. So I got that air purifier that looks like R2D2, although it looks more like uh, R4D4. But whatever, R2D4, excuse me. I'll tell you this. it It is silent, but it is great. And uh, so I recommend anybody if you're looking for a, a, an air purifier, go to our friends at Air pura. Uh, they're awesome. They're legitimate and so uh, we really appreciate them coming on board as a sponsor. But I think um, let's watch let, let's get some questions. Do we have questions? by the way, I haven't seen Sammy say that we have questions. <laughs> yes, I'm in witness protection. I can't let anybody know my location because the Packer fans are haranguing me. I got be in low I gotta be low pro. I've got black. <laughs> on like i gotta stay actually i don't want my i don't want my zipper to hit the microphone yeah i'm in witness protection you're lucky you're lucky that i'm not like modulating my voice because i gotta keep a little (laughs) pro like
0: blurring out your face
1: you know this is what i do this is what happens when the bears lost we're in a time of mourning right now but hopefully it's going to be a situation where the bears rebound against the houston texans but what about some other questions Uh, sammy i know you're teasing me (laughs) um do you think the coaching staff is worried about Justin's throwing due to the lack of throws the last game I just think that they got caught like if they would have had more plays in the second quarter I think it would have worked out better for him. but that was just a short game or at least that appeared that way to me
0: I mean the Bears ran 41 offensive plays in this game compared to Green Bay's 68 I believe or 69 nice yeah um <laughs> but like i that's the thing is like they just didn't have a lot and and green bay was winning that time of possession battle because of how much they were running aaron jones and aj dillon and that i mean that really allows you to control the entire game so they just didn't have a lot to do to, to work with um but i mean i can see why that those questions are kind of cropping up in that like all right why did justin fields only try to throw the ball 11 times why did they only call 11 11 passing plays in a game where they still they had 41 offensive plays but i have to again stress like between 60 and 70 offensive plays is normal for an an average football game so they were well below average when it comes to the offensive plays that they were running because of all those things that we just said about green bay um yeah and i mean the packers like weren't really giving them anything through through the air either so i like they were sticking with what was working um, but like I said, I mean, yeah, if you don't even give Justin Fields the chance, then you're never going to know what he can and can't do through the air. And so I think that, again, against this Texans defense that's letting up, I, mean, I actually was just pulling, it, trying to pull up the notes and see what they're giving up through the air.
1: Um, I think they're like sixth most, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. All, overall, they're giving up 433 yards of uh, to, to opponents. Their defense is given up 433 yards a game, which is a lot. Um, I don't know the split between passing and rushing, but yeah, that being said, it's generous
1: on both sides of the foot or it's generous to both runners and passers. So, yes,
0: it is. So, I mean, you have an opportunity this week and I would say that if they still don't have Justin Fields throwing the ball, then I'm going to start with the conspiracy theories of like, what do they know that we don't? Yeah. But right now it's Lambeau. There's a lot going on. You just didn't have a really large sample size anyway, but I mean, yeah, 11 pass attempts though. That's, unheard of i think he has the least amount of pass attempts through two oh my gosh it's like 2000 like, i
1: don't know i think the number that like i, like I saw today years. yeah it's crazy i think more i think teams have every team has more completions than we have pass attempts. pass attempts yeah and it's like all right but you know what i mean but here's the thing this is the great thing about bears fans is the moment that justin goes out there and airs it out 45 times then everybody comes in and bitches like why aren't they running the football anymore? Yeah. Like that's yeah. not Bears football. Where what are we doing? And, and I don't know. I, again, I know it's going to sound like a, like I'm repeating myself. I was going to say broken record, but then I realized that nobody gets that reference anymore. Like we're so dated that like records aren't mm-hmm. even the most outdated form of like listening listening to music. To music. I know I guess, CDs are. I'm like a skipping CD. I'm a, I'm a CD that's on repeat for one song. But it's like just, just wait, just chill out. Yeah. Like that's the one thing. And I, I, know that everybody, it's an instant gratification, and everybody, and, and Justin Herbert's ruining it for everybody because he was so good immediately. <laughs> I implore uh, you, there was something I wish, fire. I wish I would have seen. I, I didn't think to retweet it. I, I think I might have been on the set, so I had to put my phone down. But somebody was tweeting out like Josh Allen in his rookie year or his first two years of just dreadful just dreadfulness of what was going on and we talk about this you know you look at the philadelphia eagles and i've mentioned this a number of times watching them on monday night against the minnesota vikings i know that trust the process was a mantra of the philadelphia 76ers but it applies to the philadelphia eagles and their process has been tremendous anchored by a great offensive line Yes. Last year, they tried to have Jalen Hurts throw the ball, and they're like, well, this isn't going to work. We need to run the football. And then they added to you know their uh, their crops, so to speak, by bringing in A.J. Brown. They brought in some other pieces. You know, Darius Slay has been a difference maker on the defensive side of the football. And it feels like we're, we're close to that. I think during the offseason, we'll probably make a splash in the offensive side. Like Maybe we'll replace one guy if we need to, if one of these guys don't pan out. You know, and then we can go after a wide receiver in the draft. Like, there's a lot of ways to go. And again, I wish that the Bears fans would just kind of trust the process because I was impressed by what the Eagles did on Monday night, and I think the Bears can kind of mirror that.
0: Yeah, and I, but I think that you know, you said it earlier. It, it's all predicated on what the offensive line can do for them, right? They mean mm. when Hurts went back, draw back to throw, he was. He was like he had the cleanest pockets and he had time to throw and he had time to make decisions on whether or not he was going to tuck the ball and run himself or he was going to hand it off. Like all of the RPO and the options that they run doesn't happen unless that offensive line is buttoned up. And I really think that they're one. They're at least top three, if not the best offensive line. In the, league the because best. They don't have any real weaknesses. They just don't. So that's what's missing for the Bears, I think, because, again, we still have these offensive line issues and to figure but there is there's some sort of and I just I really liked the play calling too from Nick Sirianni on Monday night um, it's made a yeah. lot easier by the fact that Minnesota refused to get out of their too high shell and just played them like that the entire game I did I was looking at some of the next gen stats after that game because I was writing about it and Jalen Hurts was like 23 of 25 inside 20 yards from the line of scrimmage like he just tore them up in that intermediate area because they were giving him it all day long so I'm like, it's a lot easier to be really creative and kind of keep these guys on their heels when they're doing the same exact thing against you all game. I thought at least in the second half they would do something different, and they didn't. And I was just like, guys, it's not working. It hasn't been working. Justin Jefferson should not be able to be manned up with Darius Slay and not win.
1: Oh, so, also, it is ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Plus, it was also fun to see Kirk Cousins. And it, it really wasn't all Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins turned far- back
0: into a pumpkin on Monday Night Football.
1: You know what though, like his teammate, like Irv Smith, kind of let him down,
0: dropping. I I don't know yeah, how he how was he a,
1: didn't bring yeah. that ball in. I know. But it's still like when you give Kirk Cousins enough rope to just kind of you know
0: yeah, to do what he's got to do.
1: Yeah, you know, that was the, there was
0: obvious weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball for Minnesota, and then uh, on offense, I think it was just one of those things where. They were reacting to getting down and they were again chasing the score and then Kirk is getting flustered and the Eagles brought credit the Eagles defense too. they were bringing a lot of pressure um, knowing that that was going to get Kirk off a spot and they were really sticky with their with their defenders. They played a lot of man coverage um, against them. And yeah, I mean credits, I was shocked that Darius Slay was able to lock down Justin Jefferson because I was just like I tweeted about it because I talked to a friend of mine who's an AFC he's a corners coach in the AFC And I was like, after last, after week one, I was like, how do you defend Justin Jefferson? And Hmm. he told me, he was like, you really don't. You just have to limit him. You have to make sure he doesn't gash you. So I was like, well, what would you, what would you run against him? Like, I was trying to figure out like what, and he was like, honestly, your best bet is probably to roll coverage to him because then you're in this kind of cover three look and you can have a safety over the top, kind of putting the lid on Justin Jefferson while having the the corner on on him uh, as well. He's like, or you just double him the entire time, and dude, the Eagles didn't have to do that either. It was wild, and no, it was I, yeah. I think it was a lot of it had to do with you know they didn't really get the ball off, but they were they were sticky and they made Cousins have to make it happen with guys that he wasn't used to making it happen with. I mean, Adam Thielen didn't get a target
1: until the way late, yeah, and, way late, and then ended up being the leading receiver, which was amazing. And by the way, I, I want am. to remind everybody if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick. If you're listening on audio, please leave a five-star review and write sick. Those reviews are really helping out, so we really appreciate everybody who has taken the time. And once again, a reminder for anybody who's joining us, Rip Your Company on Sunday, PCH location. We'll be having a Bears watch party. Let's see if we can get another question in, though, if we have any. Oh, it's Getsy's lack of NFL play calling experience showing. Edward, I'm not sure if that's the case. I just think, again, in the second half, if the Packers are going to come out and play nickel and your team is running the football, why would you change it? Yeah.
0: Well, another thing too is, I mean, Getsy's very, very familiar with this Packers team, but that means this Packers team is very familiar very with Getsy I asked, I actually asked Matt LaFleur after the game. I was like, was there kind of an effort to do something different uh, on purpose, given the familiarity that Getsy, who's on the opposite sideline now has with not only your scheme, but your players too. Cause there's not, it there hasn't been a lot of change over there either. Yeah. And he was like, I mean, you do he gave me the answer of like, you know, you self scout no matter what. Um, but he did kind of he was like, yeah, I mean, we go against this. De- like our offense sees this defense and our defense sees this offense um, all the time in practice. Like it's the same thing. He copped to it. He's like, we're from the same tree. We run the same concepts. Right. So the Packers defense is very used to seeing the, these kinds of looks. Um, and so, I mean, that was, I think that played a huge factor into it and that gets as familiar as he was with the Packers. And as much as I joked about him being in the defensive meeting rooms for the bears this week or last week, uh, I mean, the Packers were doing the same thing on him.
1: Yeah. And, And you can see too on the play, uh, the one big sack of Justin Fields where he tried to do the play action where he rolls out the defender stays home, doesn't bite in on the play action at all is there to wrap up Justin Fields. And again, that's, you know what? You run that play. The Packers run that play. They're very familiar with it. Perhaps we shouldn't have tried it in that location, but you know what? That's one of the things that hopefully will not be a disadvantage this week when you're playing the Houston Texans, a team that you're not really familiar with. I know that a lot of people will be like, oh, look, it's Levy Smith. Levy Smith hasn't been here in a long time, a long time. So there's not, there's not like a lot. And listen, the players don't care. You're like, what? You, you coached here? Like, wow. Maybe they watched it as kids. They don't care. Uh, Lovey is
0: Lovey is zero and two against the Bears in his career coaching against yeah. the Bears. That being said, the Texans are four and one against the Bears in the All-Ban That's series.
1: not the second part we didn't need to hear. Lovey Smith has brought his team because I remember uh, who is the Houston Chronicle guy, uh, the famous guy who oh, ate a one time.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. Oh, I can picture his like Twitter avatar too. I can see his uh, face.
1: Herb, I don't know Herb. Let's just call him Herb. He's like, oh, Lovey revenge. I'm like, bro. Lovey's and too. He's done it twice. He's lost here. He's lost there. Uh, both, in, both as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, in any event, let's have another question, Sam. If we, if there are anybody is, uh, what are your thoughts on Roquan's performance? Also, Kyler Gordon seemed to be getting picked on all game by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. What about, what about Roquan? Is he on the milk carton? Like what's happening?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're talking about how he's kind of playing more of that weak side linebacker, and you've got Nicholas Morrow playing that middle that middle spot that he's so used to. I don't know how much of that really goes into not being – I mean, just the sheer amount of runs that the Packers had. And the fact – here's the thing, too, because Packers said all week, like, we need to get 28 and 33 the ball. So you knew yeah. that. You knew they were going to emphasize the run. These receivers aren't comfortable yet with Aaron Rodgers. That was blatantly obvious in Minnesota. But you don't know who's getting the ball. Not even – I asked yeah. Aaron Jones about it too after the game. Like, you they don't even know who's going to get the ball, like, going into the game. Because I asked him, I was like, did you know, like, after only getting, you know, limited work against Minnesota, were you going to be featured a little bit more? And he's like, honestly, I never know the split between me and AJ. I just know that they're going to get us the ball more, and that was what was told to us. And it just – you kind of go that way. And so, as a linebacker, like, you don't necessarily know who to key in on, especially – they didn't do it a ton – but when you bring in both of those guys at the same time, like who do you key in on? I don't know. Yeah. And Aaron can change these plays too at his discretion. Um, I was actually listening to him talk to Pat McAfee earlier this morning. And he said that he's got the option to kind of do whatever he wants on every single play. Matt LaFleur trusts him implicitly. And he, you know, he, he does it quite often. And so he, depending on what he sees from the defense, but that being said, he had a lot of nice things to say about Roquan. I think that, uh Roquan had some mistakes and blunders and all that kind of stuff probably given the fact that he didn't play in training camp um and, and in the preseason rather so I would expect that that gets better especially because he has all the motivation in the world um to get better because if he wants to set the market he's going to have to be a little bit louder
1: yeah I mean that's the thing he's the guy who's playing for a contract so hopefully he'll step up the company, and he missed some time. It's going to take a little, bit of a little bit of a process for him to get up to speed and get to be the Roquan Smith that we all know well. And also, speaking of uh, Kyler Gordon, I, I love the fact that Aaron didn't even want to look in Jalen Johnson's direction. I'm like, I'm going to take that as respect. A lot of good quarterbacks will go after that rookie. We've seen Tom Brady do it. We've seen other elite-level quarterbacks go after a rookie corner. There was nothing about Kyler Gordon's game. And, and Brian Baldinger broke this down, too, if you want to check this out on Twitter. He's he's a very talented player. He just needs experience. Yeah. And there were times where he was exposed, but he also made some nice plays as well. So I don't want to be super dire. He was going up against one of the best to ever do it. And uh, sometimes you're going to get vested.
0: Yeah, I mean, he got, he got Sammy Watkins in the end zone. He broke up that pass in the end zone after Aaron had kind of been targeting him a little bit more. Also, like being in that nickel spot when he's in there, like that's a very, very tough position to play, especially as a young player who's not used to the speed of the NFL game yet, because you have to read everything that's going on in front of you and then behind you as well. Like the nickel has to react and kind of process and recognize things a little bit more than perhaps outside corners do. Um, outside corners are just a less cerebral position. A lot of times you're going to be left on an island while well, a nickel, it's like, all right, if the bat comes out, you do this. If he doesn't, you do this. Like there's, there's a lot more variance to that nickel position. And I think that you saw him just get a little bit confused and that's to be expected when he's playing this new position at the NFL level as a rookie against, like you said, the best to ever do it.
1: One of the best. I didn't say the best. So one, one of the best.
0: No, Tom oh. is the best to ever do it.
1: Tom is the best who has ever done it. And I will and I will say this too. I, I really do honestly believe that at some point we're going to be looking back at this moment in time and be like, oh yeah, remember the time that they just tore up Kyler Gordon? And now look at him. Now he's one of the top cornerbacks in the game. It happens to everybody. I mean, like most players, especially the, uh, the young cornerbacks who are coming up through the league, they're they're going to have their moments where they get torched. There's a reason why. There's a reason why a lot of these rookie cornerbacks also end up being amongst the lead leaders in interceptions is because they get targeted so much. So it's going to be up to him to step up at some point. And we're, we're confident in him again. It's week two. And I will say this, you know what I feel, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to go on a little bit of a tangent when we taught, when I was talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and trusting the process, I want to say that two of the best, most well-run organizations in the NFL right now, Philadelphia Eagles. And I would also throw the Kansas city chiefs in there as well. Like a great organization, did a great job of getting Patrick Mahomes and also surrounding him with a lot of talent. Well, guess what? The guys that we brought in to be the architects of this team come from those two very systems. So the fact that you're sitting there after two games, trying to compare it to what happened with Matt Nagy or Ryan pace is absolutely ludicrous. It's a brand new, a brand new deal. There is not same old. No, get that vernacular out of your mouth. I'm so tired of it. Like, it's not the same old thing. Like, how can you, I, I, again, the results, not what you'd want. I got sorry, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. But at the same time, you cannot look at this and just be like, the same old bears, because it's very clear that there is a process in place. It's just going to take a little bit of time to do it. And I trust the guys who are in charge. And so uh, that's what that's, I just had to get that out there. Sorry, Carmen.
0: No, I please do, because I agree with all of that. And I just also think that you know, you, you it's going to take time and you, I'm okay with the mistakes as long as they're different mistakes. Yeah. So, and, and they are, they are different mistakes uh, to be clear that they're making, and which is fine. It's that's, that's to be expected when this is the other thing too, that I think is flying a little bit under the radar with this bears team in general. Not only do you have the change in system and the head coach and the GM and the whole regime, mm. but you also have a, like a massive turnover as far as your personnel goes, like the actual yeah. players on the team. Um, there's not a lot of guys that are left over from last year. Certainly not a lot of guys left over yeah. two, three years ago. And so not only is it a new scheme and a new system, but it's new guys getting used to playing with each other and all that kind of stuff as well. So I think that that's not, that shouldn't go overlooked uh, with this team and and how much they're building up. And like I said, they're setting themselves up for a really good off season this, this, this coming off season when it comes to the draft capital that they're going to have and all of the, the uh cap space that they're going to have as well. So they have, they're going to have to, to make some mistakes to figure it out and figure out what they need going into next season when they can actually do something about it. And then, I mean, next year in the next two years, I would expect the bears to, to be in contention
1: to be better. Yeah. yeah and, and it's, uh, and it's funny too. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just feel like just not, not giving people the benefit of the doubt. Just, giving them a little bit little bit of time and just letting them go out there and learn what's going on. And, by the way, the last two second halves have been very good, especially defensively. Like, they have not given up a lot of second-half points over the last two games against two very good teams who made – well, the, the Packers got bounced after one game in the playoffs. But teams that made long runs in the playoffs. So, I think that's kind of going overlooked. You're like, you know, like, yeah, like maybe the Packers weren't, you know – in a hurry to score a lot of points in the second half. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like they're, it feels, it just feels different. It feels like, yeah, they they feel better after sec after the second half, instead of being like way worse, like the game against the Packers didn't like, it wasn't like all of a sudden it got out of hand in the second half. You're like, well, you know, if the bears make a couple more plays, uh, especially near the goal line, uh, Mm -hmm. the things are a little bit different. So I'm, I'm willing again, Reach some patience and see what's happening. And I will take more questions, even though we got to be we're going to be closing out here soon. But a bigger concern: Bears run defense or the offensive pass protection? I thought that the run D in Week One was pretty good, and I think that you just ran into two elite level running backs in Week Two. But what do you think? What is your biggest concern?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean they're both concerns at this point. If I'm going to be quite honest with you, um, but yeah, I like. There's just the, the the type of stuff that the Packers do and the 49ers do with their run scheme is not dissimilar. Um, they're doing kind of some of the same stuff. I think that bears had the benefit of the weather when it came to the run game, even because yeah. everybody was sliding all over that field in week one. Um, and then this time, yeah, I mean, you've got Aaron Jones, you've got AJ Dillon, and you've got a head coach and a quarterback that are hell bent on getting them the ball in in whichever way they can. So I, I think that there was still some good things that I saw out of the interior of that uh, Bears defensive line. But, I mean, yeah, you're going to need every level to kind of get a little bit more involved. I want to see some more guys come up and run sports, stuff like that. But I still think that the offensive line probably edges it out um, because Fields did not have a pocket to throw from even you know when he did throw. So, that is concerning. But, again, I think that that will get better.
1: Yeah, we're still – we're still counting on Lucas Patrick getting better, and of course cleaning that up a little bit. Because I mean, I love Olin Krutz, but dude, I don't know about Mustafa. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a nice person. He's a nice swing guard. He's a nice. He's a nice organizational piece as a backup. You're in a pinch and you needed to go to him, but he's not the guy that I want starting at center. And there's a listen. That's not a disrespect. There's you know sometimes that happens. Like you can say that. Like people always get so weird when you say like, oh, don't insult them. Like I don't know. I went up for an acting role one time. Lost out to Hugh Jackman. Sometimes you can admit that somebody's better than you. Like, yeah, that was, that was probably a better choice uh, no. in any event.
0: And the Bears oh. brought in Lucas Patrick for a reason. So. Right? Like, you, don't, you don't even have to say it. The Bears said it. The
1: Bears said it. It's not me. All right. How about another question there? Sammy, is it time to make Equinemius the primary wide receiver? over uh, Devon, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I, I, I'm encouraged that Equinemius St. Brown has looked pretty good over the first couple of games.
0: He has. Um, And I think the teams are obviously paying a lot of attention to Darnell Mooney because of the fact that you know that he is going he is this team's undoubted number one receiver right now. And Justin Fields is going to try to get Mooney the ball. Um, So you need to take advantage of the attention that Mooney is going to draw away. So do I think that there should be an uptick for maybe a guy like EQ to get more targets? Yeah, I think so, because I think that he's going to be open more often than not um i also think that there are other people that need to get involved like a certain tight end that we've all been talking about oh, that needs where to get... is he where is he
1: where is he
0: bears are running multiple tight end sets here you got ryan griffin's got a good catch uh this last game against the packers i'm like
1: <laughs> oh my gosh can
0: we get i don't know we gotta we,
1: we gotta be the same again we gotta be the same way preaching mm-hmm. patience If you mm-hmm. drafted cole in fantasy I, I apologize uh,
0: That being said, yeah, I mean, like, I I think that he'll still, his time will come. And I think it's just taking a little bit maybe to get going. But no, I mean, Mooney is going to draw attention away. And so do I think that you don't go to him then? And he doesn't, he isn't the number one receiver? No, no. He's definitely still the number one receiver, but
1: let's yeah.
0: Take advantage of the attention he's taking away.
1: And it's two good defenses. Let's be honest about that. So let's see what happens against Houston and see what's going on. Uh, in any event, Sammy, how about another question? I'm feeling generous over here in uh, in Witness Protection. We just played two playoff teams with great defenses and are one and one. What have we seen so far that's encouraging? Carmen, what, is, what has encouraged you so far?
0: I mean, I think the easy answer is the run game, and yeah. especially behind an offensive line that you don't really – I mean, there's still – they're run blocking their butts off. And despite the fact that they don't have this continuity and not only that, but you have a guy that has vision like David Montgomery. I mean, to see the little holes that he fits himself through that he's like contorting his hips and his body to keep up, like, you know, getting around blocks and stuff like that. Like that's special and he's special. And then you add Khalil Herbert into that mix and then you have two backs. Are they AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones? No, but they are, I think a really good, kind of fallback piece for this offense or someone that they're they're guys that this offense can lean on and I really like them in that regard and then I think uh, defensively you you still love the defensive backs I really like the safety core Eddie Jackson Jaquan Brisker I like the way they played together a lot and I think that eventually against um, a team that is maybe passing the ball a little bit more even than the you know the Packers didn't even pass the ball that much yeah they what um, they had those short those short kind of stuff but I think Maybe against the Texans, we can see some some of these takeaways that uh, we already saw Eddie Jackson get his first in a while against yeah. the 49ers. So I want to see I, – I like I like both of those units a lot.
1: Yeah, I would say the second half adjustments, I feel like coming out of halftime, we've just felt better. Things have looked mm-hmm. a little bit better. I do, and I know that everybody's, again, going after Getsy's play calling, but I think that when you see some team playing nickel and they're saying – we dare you to run it with David Montgomery. And be like, okay, I'll do it. We'll march right down the field. And listen, again, like I just, I just want to see what ha- I, I guess we saw it in the San Francisco game, where when we get a little bit of momentum, what happens, what carries over, what Justin Fields looks like when he's sort of feeling it. And if he would have gotten that second touchdown, which he deserved and which he absolutely ran into the end zone and got, then I think that we would have seen a different, different kind of, of output. And then I think it would have translated to the defense. We would have seen a lot of more of the hits and everything and all those principles, because it's a lot easier to have that enthusiasm when things are going well. And it's going to be a struggle for this team when things are not going well and you're in Lambeau and it's a tough place to play, like trying to conjure up that intensity that you had in week one. So hopefully they regain that against Houston this week. And so Sammy, let's do one more, one more, if we have one, but uh, Jason is asking true. Is it possible? For Blazing Game to take over in all these 12 and 22 personnel packages, seems his time on the field so far creates good things. What do you feel about that? What do you think about Kari Blazing Game?
0: Um, I am very much in the camp of making fullbacks great again. I think that this league is – it's a cyclical league. So, like, Mm -hmm. defenses aren't built to account for fullbacks. They just aren't anymore. Um, And I think that that creates a lot of opportunity, especially out of those – yeah, the 21 personnel looks – um, and I would love to see him get more involved. We talked about it earlier about how, Hey, maybe if Justin Fields had a running back or a fullback, um, on that fourth and goal play that he would have without doubt gotten over the line. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll, I'll stop myself.
1: <laughs> no, I would, I would still just love to see that the thing of like going into the shotgun or not shotgun, but going into the eye formation yeah. and then just having both the guys push him over, push the pile. Like everybody does it, I'm everybody sure we would we would have been called for it. I guarantee you, I will bet any amount of money that if Blazin' Game and, and Montgomery were there in the eye and they pushed Justin Fields into the end zone, it would have been the first time in 60 years that a team got called for pushing a team for pushing their quarterback into the end zone, even though everybody does it, and it just feels like I don't know. I don't know that I'm about, bitter.
0: The other you don't sound better at all. Um, the, the only, the other thing about Kari too, and I watched it happen in training camp was like, he's got hands and yeah. they split him out wide and they ran him down the sideline and fields hit him for like a 50 yard bomb. And he like, because he was so deep in coverage, no one went with him because I don't think any of the safeties or corners thought that a fullback would be get, would be running a route that deep. Yeah. Um, And the fact that he can do it, like, are you kidding? No, no NFL team is built to defend a running back that or a fullback that can that is fast and has can release into these routes and and yeah, no, I think that there's a lot more that they can do, and there's precedent for it in this coaching tree too. Most importantly, yeah, uh, you see what San Francisco does with use, use check, yeah, you see what you know. So like you can you can fit a fullback into the system, and I would love to see. Kari Blasen game, get in more a little bit and making fullbacks great again.
1: And you got to remember too, when you're talking about that, when you're talking about Kyle Shanahan and what he's able to do, he's been there for a number of years. Like they they have more accessibility to different parts of the playbook because they're so immersed in it. Like this has been a long time coming, like hopefully three years down the line, you know, this team has been in this system. I I feel like it's going to be the Shanahan system and you know, then you have more things to draw from, but right now they're, they're still work. It's still a work in progress. They're still showing Justin, you know, changing his footwork and everything. And again, getting into the rhythm, but again, I will, I keep saying it again, point to what's happening in Seattle, Seattle and Denver with Russell Wilson and what the struggles he's had. So when Russell starts killing it, if we haven't caught up, then we can be upset. But until that time, just chill out. But listen, there's a great opportunity this week going up against the Houston Texans. And again, I, I think that I've gotten kind of a vibe from you that we should be encouraged or should be expecting to, to be victorious this week. No,
0: I like, I like, I like the bears at home. I think it'll be, I, it'll be interesting too. Uh, Houston's doing some very interesting and interesting things with an old friend of mine, OJ Howard. Yeah. Um. So he's had, I think he's had two touchdown catches now, and he's been pretty productive in that. We offense. had two in the first
1: game. Yeah, he had two in the yeah first in the game. first game. On two um, targets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a very OJ Howard thing to do. Yeah. But um. No. But that being said, I don't see a lot of consistency out of this Houston offense or defense for that matter. Um. And I think that there's yeah. They'll, there's there's an opportunity there, and I think that this could be one of the one of the wins that the Bears should take.
1: Let's hope so. And I think that, again, I'm going to be very optimistic. I'll be picking the Bears like normal on the NFL Network. But, of course, you know, I don't think that I'm shaken from last week because I think that, you know, everything – it's Green Bay. Maybe. Maybe we're setting Green Bay up. Maybe we're setting them up for when they come to Soldier Field. We can finally own Aaron Rodgers because I would love – Love to, to wipe that smug look off, off his face. And I love that the fact that you can sit there and, and watch. And I love Pat McAfee. I even like A.J. Hawk. I cannot sit there and listen to Aaron Rodgers. And I cannot sit there and listen when they're like, oh, he's one of the deepest thinkers. Like, shut up. One of the deepest thinkers. He's a Star Wars Episode Nine fan. Like, that's all I need to know. He's no deep thinker. hes uh, If he was cool, he would have been wearing a, an Attack of the Clones shirt, a of libs, or something like that. No. He was wearing
0: he was wearing a shirt that had Aaron Jones on it on uh, the Pat McAfee show, which I thought was kind of cool. I was like, "That oh, is that's nice." I
1: think he he he's calculated enough, like what will play. Oh yeah, for sure. you know what I'm he's saying? Like, when he is when he, he
0: is smart. He's a very very smart guy. You can't take that away from him.
1: Let me think. Hold on. I can. I'm going to take it away from. Him. All right, he's smart, but he does dumb. Th- I'm just sick of him. I'm ready for him to be, I'm ready for him to be going away. But in any, in any event, uh, Carmen, where can we catch you? What are you doing now? Like, I, I I can't keep up. You're on everything. She's just everywhere.
0: (laughs) No, um, I will be on CHGO tomorrow, uh, during what their show, uh, during the day, I believe. Yeah. And then this weekend I will be in Tampa for bucks Packers and yeah, because it's Fox's game of the week. So most of my stuff appears on FoxSports.com uh I, I appear on chgo and then of course i appear on here and then you can All find right. me on twitter at v, which i have on my
1: there it right is right here oh you got it yeah i got it. it see it's still Nailed it's still it.
0: flipped for me but i Nailed knew it. that it was over here
1: no i love it but in any event we thank you so much for being a part of the show and thanks to everybody who took time to watch and listen and of course i hope if you're watching on youtube or facebook comment sick one more time and if you're listening on audio please leave a five-star review and write sick we will be back thursday with a brand new episode of the sick podcast with adam rank and until then bear down and sammy go ahead and play us out and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time Follow the SICK Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.